Moss Hollow, Episode 15, The Moss. No! Wait! Please! Is the midwife... That can't be right anyway. They're not among the living. If she's not dead or alive, then what is she? I look to the trees, the wind gently sailing across them in waves. It's like the rain washed away the dark fog somehow. My eyes desperately scan for any sign of her. No. The quilt hangs limp in my arm, heavy with water. My bag is slouched with a zipper open. The town is empty. Broken windows, filthy siding with rotting wood. I'm soaking now. There's no point in searching for somewhere dry. That's it. Maybe the midwife is really gone. She saved me from the darkness, and I couldn't have helped the man who died without her. It's my fault. My palm stings. Opening my hand, my skin feels tight, like a burn. But it looks normal. I try igniting the flame again. It's not working. I feel the heat in my skin, but nothing is coming out. I caused the midwife to be in danger. I caused Officer Groves to die. And the thing that killed him wasn't just the corn spirit. The veil was open. It was something else that took him. What did I miss? Is it open because of me? Did I draw something out from the other side? How can I be so stupid? I ditched Anna because of my fucking temper. Why can't I just be normal and be happy with my life? Why do I have to push everyone away? A thin blue flame streaks the lines in my palm. It's weak, but it's there. It sizzles a moment before the rain puts it out. Shit, the camera. I reel my bag around and seize the camera with wet hands. Maybe it'll still be okay. Maybe it can get me out of here. The midwife seemed really freaked out that I wasn't with Anna. I feel my stomach sink with dread. I tell myself, it's all right. The camera will take me to her. I think. I don't know what to imagine, but maybe this time it'll work. I wipe the water on the display with my sleeve. Pointless. And then I look through the lens. <gasps> Fuck, no! I turn it towards me and my heart plummets. The lens is broken. It's cracked into a kaleidoscope of lines. No. How can I be any more of a fuck-up? I sink to the hard pavement. Tears surge to my eyes, but can't come out. I have to find Anna fast. What if this little girl dies because of me? My palm is icy hot, despite the cool air. Mist carries down the hill, sweeping through my hair and moving quickly through town. The limp power lines sway back and forth. I open my palm again, feeling a slow burn under my skin. Nothing emerges, and I can't will the flame to ignite in the rain. Why was this given to me if it's so dangerous? How am I supposed to use it if I don't know what it's for? The roots forming my foot seem to thrive. They're soaking in the water with a kind of thirst I can't explain. Look into the camera again, I notice my hands and the dirt under my nails. They look weird. Not like swollen exactly, but the lines have softened. I look at my arms and my skin is even and smooth. 
I shove the camera into my bag and zip it up, hoping that deters some of the rain for a while. And then I examine my arms closely. It's hard to tell, but my skin is absorbing the water. I take in a long, steady breath. The air is soothing and I draw in the moisture to my lungs. This feels different, like I've been breathing wrong my whole life. My panic is melting away, but I don't want it to. I need to stay alert. But drinking the water and the air into my pores, it's like I'm being lulled into a dream. I close my eyes. I'm so thirsty, I can't get enough water. I lift my face to the sky. My scalp drinks. My chest drinks. My body drinks through my wet clothes. The roots swell and relax their twists to make space for the growth. <gasps> the mullen wakes me out of my stupor. It's slowly flipping back and forth in the bottle, which lays on its side. It's trying to get my attention. I feel slow and lethargic. All I want to do is sit in the road and drink the rain. I could give up here. I could stay here and drink. <laughs> I make myself clasp the bottle in my hand. I pull it to my chest. I struggle to listen, but I know it's telling me something. It becomes more frantic. Something's wrong with it. <sighs> I'm so thirsty. <clears throat> I know something's not right. I hoist my bag up and I clutch the dirty quilt. I force myself to stand. I could walk into the lake and still not be satisfied. Uh, I grab the bottle and I take one step at a time with waterlogged legs toward a house. I head for a covered porch. If I can shield myself, maybe I can think straight. Okay, I have to make a plan. Find Anna, but I'm so heavy and drowsy. I haven't had rest in what feels like days. Sitting against the wall, I watch water move through the grooves in the wooden floorboards, draining from me like the bottom of a potted plant. I wish I could talk to the midwife again, to have more time, for her to be alright. I want her to tell me exactly what I need to hear to keep going. What about the librarian? The signalman? Did I fuck up so badly that I'm not deserving of help? Up the road, I scan for the tree that took Officer Groves into its bark. It's not there. Was it cut down? Did it die? And that's when I see his car. The door is open and the inside is gutted. It's dirty and overgrown. The front end is wrapped in kudzu. Holy shit. Then from inside the house, something flicks on. Startled, I force myself to my feet. I pull open a moldy screen door and cautiously step inside. It's littered with trash. A busted couch, broken glass. Wind moves the blinds in the window. There's an old radio sitting on the kitchen counter, visible from the doorway. Maybe it's my fear or curiosity, but I feel more alert now. In fact, I feel more clear-minded than I have in days. Excess water drips from my fingers and I approach the radio. But we do begin tonight with breaking news, the desperate search for a New York, an Amber Alert was issued them to believe that she is in imminent danger of serious harm. Drones, dogs, and boats are all part of what's being called an exhaustive search. 
Claire is calling it every parent's worst nightmare and is now asking the public for help. Tonight, an urgent search for... from the house. My wife just had a baby. It'll help her pass the time on bed rest. I mess with the dial to keep it on the report, but nothing I do changes it. The roof is leaking. It feels wrong to be in here. Nothing is boarded up. The town is just deserted. Like everyone left at once and took nothing with them. I expect the humming to start for it to come and find me again. I don't sense the humming or the usual sense of dread, but I do feel a new sense of urgency. I have to go. How the hell am I going to find Anna? Or Claire for that matter? I leave the radio and swing the door wide to grab my bag. I wring out the quilt as best I can. I don't have time to wait for the rain. Once I reach Anna, we can use the book, return to the crossroads, and then, I don't know. The librarian seemed to say Claire would be there. It's the only thing I have to trust right now. I head into the rain with resolve. I breathe deeply, energizing my body to walk down the road. I go toward the tree where I last saw her. I still feel the sting of that argument, and I wonder if any of what I said was justified. And it was, but not how I said it. After a few minutes, I round a corner and see it. A huge tree with bright red berries. She's not here. I don't know what I was expecting. Sure, she would just be sitting here in the rain, conveniently waiting for me. I'm running toward the buildings now, trying to peer through any openings. I pass some doorways, yelling her name. Anna! Anna! Fuck, where are you? Okay, think. I know she was calling after me, and I ignored it. I hate that I was such an asshole. I regret it now. Okay, so if she went after me, she would have been in the crowd. Shit. Well, she's not stupid. She would have gotten herself out of there. I lean against the tree. I will my imagination to conjure up some kind of clue. There's a broken branch with bark healed over long ago and new shoots that are thick with new leaves and berries. I place a few between my fingers and gently smooth them over with water. Anna, 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 I think, like some kind of stupid Bloody Mary ritual. Okay, tree, I need help, please. Can you show me where Anna went? This is so dumb, but I have nothing to lose. I wait a few moments for some kind of magical vibration or sound or, I don't know, maybe even a response to the book if she's nearby, but there's nothing. Holding up the mullen in the bottle, it's fogged over from the humidity and I can't see inside. It feels limp. Looking up into the branches for a sign, I try again. Please, tree, I don't know what you are, but I need you to help me. Please. Please. <sighs> Did the plant spirits turn their back on me? Is this like a consequence for putting the midwife at risk? I'm sorry. The rain picks up, drowning out my voice. I'm sorry. I drop my bag to the ground and clutch the quilt against my stomach. I sink down to the roots and sit at the base of the tree for a while. I can't take another defeat right now. I have to find her. 
What if she's still trapped in that memory? Or maybe she found Claire on her own already and doesn't need me anymore. It's hard to grasp time since hearing that report. I feel something on the back of my head. Reaching behind me, my fingers feel the base of my skull, like a dull ache. But there's nothing there. I feel an awful knot within me. I can't get the thought of failure out of my head. I can't. Not now. I have to try everything I can. I close my eyes and drop my hand to the base of the tree, clutching a root. It's soft. <gasps> moss. If I touch the moss, maybe I can... No, it's too risky. If I can't handle my own fear, then it'll come after me again. But finding Anna is more important than my fear right now. I let my fingers faintly brush along the water-soaked moss. I close my eyes and try again. Anna. Help me find Anna. I feel nothing. Ugh, damn it! I should never have... The moss. It's glowing. It's muted and weak, but the light is there. When I touch it, water leaks from it like a full sponge with particles of light shining from each drop. I follow the moss around the other side of the tree. The glow carries all the way up a short slope along the exposed rocks and into the woods. I'm coming, Anna. Moss Hollow is written and performed by Melinda Beck, Original music by Kendall Winter. Mountain Foley by Melody Parrish. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.